With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. We're here. It's Father's Day as we're recording this. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This is your day. You guys put in a lot of work. So we we appreciate you as children and, um, you know, just in general for all the work you guys do. But first and foremost, Corey, how are you today, buddy? Doing all right. Went and saw my dad. Uh, Bullshitted with him for a little bit. Watched a little bit of uh, Texas versus Texas A&M. A little college baseball. That's That's his thing. Uh, shot the ship for a little bit, called my father-in-law, um, bullshitted with him for a little bit, and uh, here we are. Now I'm just having a couple of free Bud Light seltzers, should get sponsored at this point, um, and just talking to you. Perfect, yeah, and it was a good day. My my father likes to leave every Father's Day weekend for a couple <laughs> of gifts, so. Came back this afternoon. I got to see him, but you know, what, whatever they need, right? I, I don't blame him for wanting to get away from us. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, every, every fucking year without fail. I'll see you later. <laughs> yep. See you. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you said, whatever, whatever makes their day special. Uh, most days get stuck into barbecuing and grilling. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so it's not a lot to talk about. Uh, a little bit of Habs news, some interesting Habs news, you know, very controversial. Some people upset. Some people aren't. Um, but I guess we might as well talk about the Habs real quick while we got a second. And before it gets a little too out of hand, let's get the people that are listening for the Habs shit in the offseason. Let's get their, uh, their stuff out the way, and we'll just see where this fucking – I don't know. This rail takes us, but uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows by now. You know, uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights have found a way to be useful for one another once again with the uh, 
trading of Shea Weber's contract um, to the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, yeah. Which... Well, before, sorry, before, can I? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it over. Yeah. Sorry, before we, we just, I, to jump in here, before we talk about that, um, I do just have one thing I'd like to uh, discuss with you guys. If that's okay, I'll make it quick. Um, in my hometown, a uh, tragic accident recently occurred with someone I've known, one of my sister's best friends. I've known her since I was four years old. Um, her name's Taylor Macklin. She got rear-ended by a dump truck, and she's, you know, in, um, I believe, in, in Toronto. She got airlifted. She's fighting for her life right now, and she's tough. She's doing well. She got out of surgery. Today, everything went successfully, but uh, she has more surgeries and a long, a long road ahead of her. So um, I just wanted to quickly ask uh, if you can, if not, that's totally fine, but uh, you can, you know, reach out or donate at recovery at taylormacklin.ca. She's got a lot of, a lot of stuff she's going to have to go through. So just wanted to uh, put the word out there. And if you can spare anything, um, it'd be really appreciated. And, you know, um, the whole town, you know, it's a small town. It's a small community. We're all, we're all with her right now. And yeah, I just wanted to uh, put that out there before we get too into it. And just, yeah, thank you for, uh, you know, I guess uh, taking the time and for listening. Yeah. Just if you can reach out, we'd really appreciate that. And that comes from uh, the, the entire Northumberland County. We'd all, we'd all appreciate the support. Why don't you make a, a, uh... Why don't you make a tweet for it too with like the link that way we can get some people, uh, you know, at least, at least sharing it if they can't, you know, uh, provide any type of support sharing is, is also another powerful tool. Uh, it's, it's really tough, Mason. So I'm sorry that you're, that she's going through it and your community is going through it. I'm sure your sister's really devastated along with the rest of her family. Um, that's tough, man. No, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll make a post after this, and uh, if you guys are interested and are willing, whatever you can reach out. If not, that's fine. I totally understand. But uh, thank you, and uh, we'll get we'll get into the Habs stuff now. Like you said, uh, Shea Weber for Evgeny Dadnov. There's a lot to break down and deal, but I just want to know before we we delve too deep into it, what was your initial you looked at your phone, you saw the Twitter notification, your first reaction when you saw that trade. You know, honestly, uh, a little, a little heartbroken. Uh, I just grew to like, I, I loved Shea Weber uh, when he played Nashville. Um, I was a big PK Subban fan uh, when he was with the Canadians and, you know, his little bit of stint in Nashville. But when those two traded, it, it hurt, but then I was like, okay, well, Shea Weber is now with my favorite team, and uh, P.K. Subban is in a southern market, you know, like another one of my, you know, teams that I follow. So I wasn't tripping about it too hard when it came to that, but I, I definitely did grow to love Shea Weber and follow him even closer with him coming to this team. Um, the exact type of captain you want, um, just an overall great guy, and, you know, his game changed a good bit, but was for the most part able to, you know, continue to find a way to, to, to be uh, potent on ice. But um, it did, it did sting for a second. Then 
But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, you know, as soon as like three seconds later, rationality kicks in, Shea Weber's not fucking playing again. This is just a contract swap. Now, granted, like, yeah, it would have been awesome if Shea Weber retired a Montreal Canadian. But for this franchise right now and the way that things are going, uh, we just gained two, $2.8 million in cap space for moving it. And we've got Evgeny Dadanov, who, um, you know, I, I <laughs> this is bad on my part. I thought Evgeny Dadanov was a lot younger than 33, um, but it is. <laughs> It, it is what it is, but um, at being 33, he's played, you know, he's played a, a good couple of years, but I mean, just this, this year, he played 78 games, 20 goals for 43 points. He's got one year left on that $5 million contract. I think if anything, this is a, this is a solid move. Um, we got a right wing that's still potently offensive. Um, and it's something that this team could utilize if not, or it's just another way to, you know, he gets moved around for more, you know, whether it be um, a trade, uh, a trade for draft picks or or another uh, prospect or what have you. Like, this is great. This moves this. This opens us up. Um, This opens us up for a lot more. And two point eight million dollars might not sound like the biggest thing in the world, but this is the first time the cap has gone up since covid. Um, this is a big deal for us. It shed some, it shed some weight. It sucks that it's Shea Weber, but I mean, this is hockey. We ripped the fucking bandaid off. We got something back that is healthy um, and something that can be mo- utilized as a tool moving forward. And this is, this is a great, this is a great thing for us. I'd argue a little bit on the dad not being healthy front, but He's missed. He's missed some. He's missed some games consistently the last few seasons. But I, I do agree. I, I don't think that. Like you look at, you say, oh, you only got what was it, two point two million, two point eight. We got almost three million. million release. I think this is kind of a, a almost a narrow-minded like way of looking at it though, because what sh- you're not really you're gaining more than that because the real, the expectation is carry price is going to be on the LTIR next year. Mm-hmm. And you can't have Weber. you, you need those LTI dollars that Weber was taking up. So I think right. it's a, important to understand the way the cap works there. Also with Dadanov, my initial, my initial reaction to this trade, I was like, it, well, is there more? I, I couldn't believe that it was one for one. Like, <laughs> very weird. I was also on the links fucking shooting birds, having a good time with the boys. So I was a little distracted, but uh, no, after, you know, kind of sitting down a couple of minutes after looking at it, I think it's a good deal. I really do. I think it's a great trade. Um, I think it's a dub for both teams. I think both teams get exactly what they want. Vegas needs the, that LTIR space on their, or, um, to be on their cap. They need that. It helps their cap situation. They get rid of Dadnov, who they already wanted to. And let's be honest, that was a messy divorce mm-hmm. for that team and that player. <laughs> and Montreal gets exactly what they need. They get rid of Shea Weber. They can finally turn the page, name a new captain. They also get a 20-goal scorer for free. And what I love about Dadnov is that this is a player who scored 70 points in the NHL. I don't think he's going to do it again, but he's a, he's a high-skilled player who can play with a Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield. 
and he's going to provide value. And if he plays with those two or he plays with some other players, I think he could put up points. And if the Habs retain him because he has one year left at the trade deadline, you can have a guy for $3.3 million, 50% retained as a trading asset who could possibly be on pace to score 20 goals or has, or has a decent amount of points. You can get another pick for him. And the best part of it all is he's not good enough to tilt the scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, that's the most important. He's going to provide value on the ice. I think he's going to help our young guys produce if he plays with them. If he even makes it that far into the series, into if he ever plays for us, that is, right? We could just mm-hmm. retain 50% and trade him in the offseason. But if he is playing, you know, he provides that value. And yeah, he's not good enough to make this team finish any better. That's that that's the big key, and that's what I love. And I think Montreal should continue. Like if that's if that's something the Habs want to do, if they want to shed salary, they want to get more picks, get more prospects. There's there's a couple guys out there. JVR comes to mind too. Another guy who has a year left. He retains some of his salary. He's not gonna make you a better team, but mm-hmm. he could provide value for a team in the trade deadline or something. Like I think this is a very no, another surprise, surprise, smart and calculated business move from Kent Hughes, and I, I just think this is a great deal for both teams. Yeah, like I said, you know. Obviously, a fan goes straight to like, oh, my God, like, fuck. And then I immediately like, well, he hasn't played. He's not going to play anymore. Uh, the only thing that sucks is he's not going to retire with us. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, like, once you once you move past just the emotional attachment shit, this is a great trade. Um even if Dadanov doesn't play for this team, doesn't even make it, right? You made a valid point. It frees up that LTIR uh, money for Carey Price. We we just got back, you know, 2.8. We can bring in a small guy, you know, uh, someone, if, if we even utilize it for that, we'll probably save it to, to pay somebody, Um and then Dadanov can be moved in, in, a, in another sense. Like we're dealing with, you know, I, I, I don't want to say Kent Hughes, but we're dealing with a guy in uh, Jeff Gorton that is known to make great movements. And both of those minds combined have been tremendous in a little bit of time we've seen him so far. Um, this is just going to be another, you know, pothole or stepping stone to move us forward in, you know, let, let's see what dad and all will end up turning out for us, whether it's, you know, nothing up front right away. He ends up playing for this team and he's just another asset that's utilized and, you know, can help us get a couple one wins this season. But like you said, it's not going to be um, he's not like, you know, like Alex to who, you know, could could be looking to get moved around according to Chicago, um, like someone you bring someone like that. And that, that's a massive you know, that could be a big booster to your team and, and get you a lot in a better position than you were before. That's that's someone you could build around where whereas this guy, it's like, okay, cool. You know, we just got another depth guy. He can do he could play his part when healthy. And if if all else fails, he's gonna be a great asset in, in trading. So big for us. Uh Shea Weber did leave a, an emotional 
it was a short, it was a short message, but but a nice emotional appreciation to the fans and to the team. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you got to read it. What was that? I didn't think it was long enough. No, I don't think it was long enough, but you know what? Shea Weber, honestly, a man of few words. This is like the Shea Weber quote. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of to the point, and that's Shea Weber's entire career. Mm. I, I do understand that. However, and I've been defending, relentlessly defending Shea Weber against, well, his main critic in my household, my father, based on purely on the fact that my, you know, doesn't like the fact that he said nothing because he's been hurt. And I've been defending that, but no, you know what? I've, I think he's right. I'll be honest. You're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens and we've known nothing of what, like no retirement. I know he wants to go up quiet. You gotta say you're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. And yeah, it was short and sweet. There should have been more there. I just truly believe that. And I'm not questioning his leadership ability in the locker room because I'm confident. We all know he's a phenomenal captain, but when you're a Habs player and you're a Habs captain, there's more, more to it than being in the locker room. It's the media as well. And I feel like a boomer. I feel like one of those, fucking French assholes at La Presse that I was bitching about a couple of weeks ago when I say that, but I, I, it's not a big deal. It's over. He's gone. He's let's, he, he'll never play in the NHL again. He, he's retired, mm-hmm. but a little more, I think would have been justified, especially this fan base that I think has mostly just universally supported him. And, you know, like <laughs> a little bit more would have been nice. Just something like, but it is what it is, and it's not worth uh, fretting over any longer. Okay. I, I just think he's a – that's just a stoic person he is, but I understand, you know. Uh... Well, I think, like, for example, Nick Suzuki, I believe, is pretty stoic. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's a quiet leader. And just based on what we've seen from that young man so far, he's staying in Montreal all summer. Yeah. He's the team's advocate. Like – that's what you have to he's the team's advocate for hockey is for everyone. He's mm-hmm. out in the community, he interacts with fans, even Carey Price. Like the Habs have a thing for having stoic captain. Max Pacioretty, who was not didn't say much, but he, when he when he was called upon, he spoke, he took action. I never got that from Weber, I'll be honest. And I do think that's it, it, it's just a little, it's a little thing. It's a little notch in the armor of a little notch in the career of someone I think is a Hall of Famer and one of the, you know, an amazing hab and brought us to the cup final. I'm not discrediting Shea Weber at all in any of those aspects. I think he owed the fans because at the end of the day, the fans are what's paying him that $7 million or however much he makes mm-hmm. to not play hockey. Like you, the, you owed them a little bit, I believe, but okay. it is what it is. And, uh, Speaking of Nick Suzuki, uh, now, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. I think it's even more wide open to, and, you know, we can speculate more. It's looking more and more likely like our future captain is, is him, right? I think it's fair to say, especially with all this stuff we've seen coming out that he's doing for the Habs, staying in Montreal all summer, 
uh, the hockey is for everyone stuff. I just, it appears to, and it seems to me like he wants it, but I'd like to get your opinion on that. Well, I mean, it's, it's like a shitty video game that's on rails. Like it's leading us right to it. Like they're, they're like the publicity and all of that shit and Nick staying back and, and all that, like it's just walking us to him receiving it. Um, I still think he's a bit young for it. Um, and that, you know, that could just be, you know, my opinion. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, he's making it look like he has the leadership qualities of someone you would want as the Montreal Canadiens captain. Yeah. I mean, oh, shit. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard people say, too, that, they should use Gallagher as a stopgap. Fuck, I think he would. He he deserves it. Um, That's the issue. I think he deserves it, and I think I think it's a travesty because I think it's a travesty because Gallagher will never be the captain. I don't think he's going to be the captain. If he is, I will not be upset. I I really won't. This isn't saying he doesn't deserve it. I just think. Galley isn't the player he once was. And in saying that, I don't know if he has a long-term future in Montreal. And I don't think the Habs want a stopgap captain to start their mm-hmm. rebuild. You know what I mean? I can understand they, where you're coming from. Yeah. They, they're not going to let let's, – they're going to use this excuse as being an, an older franchise, the, the most decorated franchise, you know, like the franchise that everyone strives to be, and there's no way in hell we're going to let somebody come in and be the captain for two years. I mean, wink, wink, Pacioretty. Um, I don't I, – I think that's fucked. Uh, I think Brendan Gallagher deserves it. Granted, he's not the player Brendan Gallagher was before, but it's obvious because he fucking put his body on the line for this team. Um, but I'm not upset if he doesn't get it and Nick Suzuki gets it. I just think that, like, you look at the teams that are in the final right now, they both built themselves very similarly Mm -hmm. and in the manner that Montreal's trying to. Colorado, especially, their rebuild started. People say it started with McKinnon. I think that was their Uh... first rebuild. I think they failed in 2017 to re-kickstart, and that was kind of where the Habs are. Yeah. Not quite to that level. They didn't have Miko Ranton Lightest Cup, but they do have places in place. Both those teams, too, Tampa and Colorado, their captains were young, very young. Landis Cog, Stamkos, and they've been they've brought themselves up and they've built up the culture as they've gone through their seasons. That's I think that's what Montreal wants. I think that's what teams should strive to be. Well, Carry Crosby did the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. New Jersey's doing it with Nico Heischer. Um, even Ovechkin did the yeah. same thing in Washington. Uh, Edmonton. I just think that's the way the NHL. That's kind of the method for winning right now. Is you get it, your young captain, and I it, think that's where the Leafs faltered. Sorry to. No, no, no. I was gonna say it. It does benefit the Montreal Canadiens because just about our old vanguard is just about all depleted. And Nick Suzuki's is crazy. He's one of our, you know, tenured veterans now. Um, 
so it does make sense in that aspect, you know, like there's not a lot of people that are technically, you know, more tenured than he is with this team. Um, I think you make a fair point, um, you know, get the captain young because you're going to mold the team around a Nick Suzuki. Um, you know, like you said, we saw it with Stamkos. We saw it with, you know, Landeskog and McKinnon. Um, the, the Canadians are, are in a great spot, like you're saying, to bring and, and put the youth as the captains and, and the leaders of this team. Um, it's just a, a little like, you know, poetic that Brendan Gallagher is going to die on the cross for this team and not get a captaincy. And, but that's just bias. You know, that's just me. I, I, think, I, think, more no, I, I think it's tragic. But I don't it's just the circumstances that, of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think it's gonna happen. No, I you're right though. Like it's a youth movement. Look at what this team's trying to do. Who is gonna be there for the future of this team in five years? Brendan Gallagher might be retired, you know. Brendan Gallagher might not be on this team, God forbid. But Nick Suzuki, they they even before this group came in. They bought in on this kid. They're molding him. These guys who just came in are now taking over that, that you know, um, fuck, I, paternal instinct to, to mold him into, like, to be the, the leader of this team, whether it's an A or a C. But it, like you said, the league does go with a youthful, you know, uprising, and Nick Suzuki is that candidate. Nick Suzuki, I truly believe, and I, it's hard to, this may be a bold statement. I will make one exception. Unless Montreal drafts Connor Bedard next year or Matvey Michkov, Nick Suzuki will be the face of this franchise. Well, he's and I'm not good. saying he's going to be the best player, mm-hmm. but I just think, as you said, he has been this is Suzuki's team. Cole Caulfield honestly could be a better player than Nick Suzuki. He could put up more points, but this team is going to it's being molded by Nick. They are molding him. But this team is being molded by him as well. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the way they the style of game they're trying to play. They're catering to him. The coaching staff changes. Those are to help. Yes, Caulfield. People don't, you know, people look at Caulfield and say, like, we focus a lot on how how much it helped Caulfield. It helped Suzuki just as much. He put he went on a tear as well. Mm -hmm. And I just like, you know, like you said, um, with them, you know, that paternal instinct to mold him. Well, all this stuff he does to advocate for the Montreal community, you know, being so young, he's, it's been what two years now he's been the hockeyist for everyone at the Montreal Canadians. Yeah. He, he's just come out and he's molded the culture of this team dramatically and the style of game he plays. I think Nick Suzuki has absolutely has it in his bag to get 70 points next year. He got 61 this year. Mm-hmm. on a horrible team 
and he's gonna be one of, like our top defense. He's probably gonna be one of our top defensive forwards. At the same time, I just think those are the kinds of players like Patrice Bergeron. I don't know if he's ever been the best player on Boston, but when you think of Boston, he's been one of the most consistent. Bergeron. <laughs> yeah, true. absolutely. And there's definitely, I I think Patrice Bergeron of any player on Boston has had the best career. But single season success and even, you know, short spans, Pasta's been better. Marshawn's been better. Chara was the man there, right? Like they've had guys who were better. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, the comparables between Suzuki and Patrice Bergeron seem to grow every day. And I hate making that comparison because it puts so much pressure on him. But I just, yeah, I think that this is his team and he will be the face of this franchise. And I think Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon are smarter than you and I. And I think they realize that as well. Absolutely. Um, to me, this reminds me of, and it's not, please, everyone's going to fucking probably take this the wrong way, but uh, 2015 San Jose Sharks, Joe Thornton, you know, gets stripped to see it goes to Joe Pavelski. It, not about the stripping aspect. Okay. That's not what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on a young Joe Pavelski who people are going to say, well, he was 30 years old. You know, that's not that fucking young, but like he was the young guy with, you know, the five-year veteran to him, Joe Thornton, helping him in the locker room. Like Joe Pavelski was not the most stoic guy, but Joe Thornton definitely was the locker guy. He was the one getting them hyped up. Like Joe Thornton is this team's, if it, if it goes down the way that it's looking like it's going, you know, it's, you know, like Pavelski is the Suzuki to, uh, Thornton and Brendan Gallagher is, is at least it's what it's reminding me of, you know, like it's something easy, like Pavelski's a little, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, Brendan Gallagher's a little too old to, to take on this role, especially with, you know, how it's all mainly young guys and, and it's a rebuild system. I think we're going to see Brendan Gallagher be more of that vocal guy, which he's always been, but almost helping mentor a Nick Suzuki into taking on this role full time and, and I guess easing into it a lot better than he would on his own. So you, no, can, shit, you can shit on me for that, but this is, this is where my mind is going from being uh, a bit of a Sharks fan is, is I'm seeing like a bit of a similarity in that he's not getting stripped of it. But you're seeing a guy who definitely, you know, could have been a, a captain at one point. It's now going to a, a younger guy who the team is molding around. This is this is the guy that they're building around, and and an, a vet that is of captain requirements, helping with that burden, is all. I don't know. I, I'm not the best of, at making a fucking circle back and making it sound good, but that's how my brain is is analyzing it. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, but, but do we have anything else to uh, talk about? Uh, we just have a we have an ad read. Uh, obviously, you know those are those are important for the pocketbooks for us uh, because DraftKings never goes without helping us. So we have to help DraftKings out whatever we can. So before we get on to wrapping up this episode, obviously, hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. 
New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. We know which team is going to fucking win. Win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big big day during playoffs. With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win by how many goals, seven to nothing, uh, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is always safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports, sports betting partner of the NHL. That's minimum age. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, if you guys were playing on any of the action with DraftKings, especially the fantasy aspect of it, where you can create your team, uh, that Valerie uh, Nachushkin pickup at like only $2,000. So, Mason, I, I doubt you played it because uh, you're – I don't know if it's even legal for you to fucking bet yet. But um, so DraftKings had this thing when 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 this uh, Stanley Cup started. You, would, you were able to build your team just like in fantasy hockey – you had $50,000 and you had to build, uh, I think it was like a five to seven man team, something like that, either five or seven. And obviously, you know, like the, the showrunners are like fucking 10 plus. Valerie Nachushkin's at the bottom at like 2,000, like an easy grab. If you fucking grab them, you're probably winning and set to make some money. Uh, the kid's been unfucking real. Um, I know. You said you weren't able to watch the last one, probably fucking at the links too much. Uh, but that last game was a fucking barn burner for, for at least one team. And the fans got to be some of the fun, funnest fans, like the most envious of me wanting to be at a game has been these last two games in Colorado. I, you know, made my prediction. Although this Auto Tampa Bay final. And I was rooting for Tampa. I wasn't rooting for Tampa. I was rooting for the Avs, but I thought Tampa would be Tampa. And oh my God, do I look like a fool. <laughs> but it must be said, Corey, because we called it. I knew it. This I, I, just, I knew the Avs were going to come out strong. And they were going to, they want this. You know, we talked about Nathan McKinnon looking like a man on a mission. But I could not, and I don't think anyone could have predicted that Vasilevsky would lose another back to back game. He'd never done so until this postseason. And in doing so, let in seven fucking goals. Dude. I, I don't I don't want to take you from your tangent for a second. Very Patrick Waugh, Montreal-esque. Like I was like, this dude's about to walk. Like, why are they not pulling him? Like, like, is it is it they're just embarrassed? Like, like we can't pull him. He's never been fucking pulled. Like, what do we do? Instead, they just let him get shit on. And then the fucking t- just the icing on the cake. Kale McCars, two goals in the third, a shorthanded, beautiful goal, followed by another beautiful power play goal. Uh, I think he fucking set a record with that. Un-fucking real. This uh, Valerie Nachushkin, I, I know I just fucking brought him up in the ad read, but my God, M- M- uh, 
fucking Stanley Cup final MVP right now. Fucking three goals and an assist. <laughs> Just been unreal, dude. Unreal. Uh, our boy Lecky's been been uh, been out there playing good too as well. Uh, I'm so happy, and I, I I guess I could look back and make sure that I'm okay before saying it. But I'm so happy that I refuse to bet on Tampa Bay for three straight fucking years and say it's finally time after saying it for you know last year. <laughs> but fuck yeah, dude! This has been such an experience. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I'm I'm kind of like I feel like a fool for saying Tampa was gonna come out strong after watching those games though. But you're you're not you're honestly you're not a fool. Like like there's no person there's no person that's wrong. That's, yeah, like exactly on either just, side. It's just for once in my life, I am on the right side of the Tampa finals bullshit. And it feels good. I, I think the last thing to conclude this episode, um I'm sure a lot of people would be happy about this across the NHL, but to look into the mind of Corey Perry right now. Oh God. <laughs> trying God. to trying to snap JT Comper's fucking knee. I don't I I said this. I didn't say this on air. I said this to my, I said this to my buddy Rye, who we speak about a lot. I was like, if you they go down two nothing, game three. If I'm Corey Perry, I'm breaking Nathan McKinnon's leg. <laughs> I am not losing another final. I am. I don't care if I get suspended for the rest of my career. I am breaking Nathan McKinnon's leg. I'm giving Tampa a chance, or I'm jumping on Darcy Kemper, or I, I'm I'm injuring somebody. <laughs> I'm going full Matt Cook. Errolson skate to the Achilles. I'm I'm taking someone's fucking life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine losing three in a row on three different teams. Even Hosa didn't have it that bad. It won his third time around. Yeah. I mean, I think things it's not over yet. Um, but one over. team is definitely showing superiority on all on all fucking fronts like every yeah, bit now, of it. it's must win now game three no teams come back from three and oh in the Stanley Cup final I don't think I could be mis I could be mistaken I, I I'd be surprised but anyway um I don't have anything else to add today to you buddy no, I was actually trying to look this up uh, before the end of it. Uh, let's say uh, four NHL teams have come, have overcome a three and O deficit, only one of which occur- occurred in the Stanley Cup Finals. Why, why would you even fucking put any of that? Uh, let's see. Jesus. Now, now, God, now I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot. Um, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs, 1942, against the Detroit Red Wings. Only time in Stanley Cup Finals, one only time the comeback was complete at home. Um, that'll never happen again in the modern era. But anyway, folks, uh, thank y'all so much. Go Abs. Go Habs in the off season. <laughs> um, take us out, Mason. Uh, make. Don't don't do the whole thing, but uh, let let them know that we are gonna tweet that uh, 
that message out for uh, your sister's friend? No, oh, absolutely. We'll tweet that out. Um, like I said, it's recovery at taylormacklin.ca um, to find or donate. Or I think Ryan Reynolds has reached out. Haley Wickenheiser has to send some videos. And so whatever, just get the word out there, get, get some support going for her. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that'll be it today. So thank you guys once again. If you've made it all the way through the episode, we appreciate your continued support. Even though, you know, Habs content gets a little thinner in the offseason, I think Kent Hughes has kept us pretty entertained for the majority of it, and it's looking like he's going to continue that. So we'll be back again on Thursday, and I uh, can't wait to speak to you guys again. This has been Habs Nightly. Thank you all so much. Hashtag Lecky's going with. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. <laughs>